Good afternoon. Welcome to Slam the Gavel. I have a returning guest here. His name is Davey from Dobby in England. And I want to say hello again because the last time I had you on the show was September 23. Yeah, it was, yes. So how are things going now with your daughter and family it's, life? Yeah, it's going all right. It's going very well. Um, this, see, obviously with the lockdown and stuff that's happening over here, there's been challenges, obviously, when because you can't really do a lot with a lot of other things. Because we're back in lockdown over here at the minute. We've got something called, uh, you've got three tiers. And you've got, like, the softest lockdown, which is tier one. Then you've got the high lockdown, which is tier two. It depends on how high the COVID-19 is throughout the regions. And where me and my daughter are, it's kind of like the highest. So, um, But then we had a lockdown, a national lockdown. So it's kind of hard to... We're still having our visits. We still have them regularly. Oh, I see her all the time still. But it's obviously to keep her entertained and stuff like that. It's very hard. So um, with all the cinemas and stuff like that shut down. Um, yeah, it's because um, me and my daughter like going to the cinemas a lot. So although I have been dragging her out doing a lot more exercise, which she's probably done with gritted teeth. But, um, <laughs> um, because she had, I told you before, she loves her phone. She loves her iPad and all that sort of stuff. So. But there's an area in Derby over here called Elverston Castle that we tend to walk a lot. And it's like a very wooded area, quite nice scenery. We, we, use, we, we go there a lot as well. So um, she does like that. So she does tend to, she's starting to click the walk. She do, does like it and get out a bit more, to be honest with you. Yes. That's good. Um, where is that castle located? It's, it's about, it's called Elverston Castle. It's, a, it's a probably... Two or three miles away from where I live, um, it's like a rural area. A lot of people visit it from around the area. It's a nice walk. A lot of people go there for walking, um, for the scenery, and they've got like a um, old castle um, castle ruins there, and it's um, it's quite nice. Um, oh, from that, a previous yeah, time. A, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it is very nice. Yes, I, I think the ruins can be just as beautiful as a brand new castle. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, then my daughter see my my daughter sees some of the the garden area and stuff, and she it reminds her of Harry Potter. So um, it's a bit um, she she does like that. So yeah, um, but we chuck her wellies on because this time, even though it's even though it's beautiful this time of year, um, it's it gets very cold and wet. So we get our wellies on and stuff like that. I don't know what you call them. We call them wellies. Um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they're very um, it's very nice to do. So I think I'm going there next weekend as well. So, oh, yeah. that's I nice. Got this I haven't got it this weekend, though. No. Oh, so you'll have her next weekend? I will, yes. It's going to be different this year. Um, <clears throat> we had a bit of a conversation with about Christmas. And um, as much as I am disappointed, I'm trying to sort of get her to grow up and make her own decisions. Um, she's decided to stay at her mum's Christmas Day this year, which as much as I am disappointed, because obviously with, with the lockdown that happened, I missed a bit of time with her this year. Um, I wanted, I was kind of hoping to get a bit more for Christmas with it, but on the flip side, I wanted to make her own decisions. Um, she's getting older now. I want to make her own decisions and she kind of was a bit muddled because she wanted as much as she wanted to come to me. She also wants to be with her mom because she's got, a, she's got siblings there as well. So it's kind of a, kind of a balancing. And I'm not going to put that pressure on her to turn around and say, Oh, please come with me. I'm not going to put that pressure on her. I, I, I'll hide my disappointment. But, um, 
I'm having it this year on what's known as Boxing Day. I don't know if you've ever heard of Boxing Day. Yes, uh, that's a day after yes. Christmas. It is, yes. Um, so I'm having it on Boxing Day. I'm on a couple of days after that. I've got a few days leading up. I've got it all around it. I'm the sort of person who sort of Christmas Day almost feels like, yes, it's nice, but I kind of like the build up to it rather than the kind of actual day. I like kind of like Christmas Eve and all that sort of stuff. So I've got her in the build up, which is nice. So, and I think I've, I'm picking up New Year's Day as well. So, yeah. So well, that's good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least you get to see her on New Year's Day. That's a good way to start off the new year. <laughs> yes, yes. And we are, we've um, passed some, a, a new, we've got some new developments. I've got a new partner. I've been with her for about six months. And um, she's met her. She's met her for the first time last mm-hmm. week. She's met her. And that went very well. Um, went very well. My my partner called Rachel. She she was very good with her, even if she, if she even if she was a bit ill. She was very good with her. She's got a beautiful son. She he my daughter was brilliant with him, and um, the first meeting couldn't have gone any better. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, well, yeah. that's great. Yeah. How old is her son? Her son is she, he's just come up to four. Um, so yes, he's he's four on the twenty second of December, I believe. Oh. Um, so, oh yeah, beautiful kid. Um, yeah, she's that's, a brilliant mom as well. Yeah, that's a cute age too. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. and your and refresh our memory. How old is your daughter again? She's twelve. She's twelve. Oh, she's right. Teens next year. <laughs> oh <So>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm feeling older by the year because I I hit forty next year, so it's going to be a joint thing. I'm hoping come over there next year my friend ian um lives in denville new jersey <clears throat> and um i'm hoping to come over there and visit them next year so it'll be like a, a joint birthday thing for me and my daughter my daughter's hitting 13 i'm hitting 40 i've always wanted to visit the states i've never visited so hopefully i'm going to do it from 40th next year that's that's the plan hope well if all this calms down with the coronavirus right. and that sort of stuff because my mate my friend, well, we call him mate. I don't know if you know the phrase. He's a mate. Mm-hmm. Um, my, he said it would have been a bit disappointing if I'd have gone this year purely because of everything that's happening over there at the minute. Um, and it, it wouldn't have been as good of an experience. He, he told me to sort of at least wait till next year. Hopefully it's all calmed down a bit and he'll have a better experience. So I plan is to bring my daughter over there next year. Well, that will be better. I mean, hopefully this COVID will be gone and out of our hair and we can go back to what, how life used to be. I, yeah. Well, I think we're gonna, we'll be close. I, don't, I think we're always going to have that paranoia. I think the world is always going to have that paranoia now with this COVID-19. I don't, we've just had the first, um, what they call the vaccines over here and the given it's a lot of the older people at the minute personally i again this is just my point of view i don't think i need it um i think it's more for the vulnerable people and stuff like that if it helps them and it helps the world get to a better place and sort of in a position where we're all comfortable in living in life and interacting with each other again then great because i miss stuff like this is going to sound really petty but i miss stuff like just nipping to the pub with my friends or whatever mm-hmm. i just I miss that freedom and, and it almost it's made us all feel like we'll never take it for granted again. <clears throat> so I feel like we're, we're missing stuff that we took for granted when we didn't, when we had it before 
So I'm hoping that the, a silver lining to all this is no one takes stuff for granted anymore because it can be taken away. Yeah, so. you're absolutely right. <laughs> I can, because yeah. I know it's like, oh, gee, I, got, I have to put a stupid mask on just to run <laughs> in. Or, and, I, and I'm wearing a winter hat and I'm trying to get the yeah. mask on and it's, it's just horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I went shopping today. There's this um, <clears throat> there's this shopping centre in Nottinghamshire um, called MacArthur Glen, and I went there today just to buy some extra things. and uh, And it's this queues leading up to the shops because you have to got limits of who can go in there. Mm -hmm. And it's and and it's and it's you have to go in one area and out the other, and it's it's just it's crazy. Um, yeah, I miss. Like I said I, I miss just having freedom to just go in and sit in the bar. I, I there was this pub, one of my favourite pubs in Derby. I used to just enjoy and just go in and sit there and watch the football or whatever. And and it's like I said, it's just taken away. It's even my if my training that I do kickboxing, it's all it's all done completely differently now. It's you've got to you've got to hold your own pads. You've got to hold this. You've got, it, it's, you've got, you've got to have limitations on who can go and stuff like that. So you've got to book in where before you'd have 40, 50 people in one room and it's all training together. Now you can't do that. So yeah, this is, this is difficult. I totally understand. I just yeah. cannot wait. I will never take this for granted when we go back to normal. That's yeah. That's the message I've been trying to take to bring to my daughter as well. Because my daughter, she's at an age where you know where they think for themselves, where they think of themselves only. They're almost like they're, I'm not going to call it selfish, but they're a little bit selfish, and they just think of how it's affecting them and whatever. And I'm trying to sort of explain to her, look, look at the way it's happening to the world, and maybe you should take advantage of the things that you don't normally do. And um, <clears throat> she's she's starting to learn that a bit now. I think so. Yeah, these poor kids. I know. Um, uh... I'm older than you, but I can tell you that the older these uh, daughters get, the uh, more, how shall I say, demanding they get. <laughs> as far as, I'm just warning you, um, <laughs> as far as, you know, the latest clothes and, which is what yeah, probably I wanted when I was that age too. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're very uh, into themselves <laughs> and... <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, she's getting that way now. Yeah, yeah, she's. Although my daughter's very creative, and some of the things she's asked for Christmas is I'm kind of a, I'm kind of happy about because it's kind of she's one of the things she's asked for was a like a keyboard, like a piano keyboard, and um, because she wants to start learning music. Her granddad, who lives in Stoke on Trent, um, not my, not my dad, my um, her mum's dad. He's he can play the organ, the piano, and stuff like that. And the, the funny thing is that he's, he's completely blind, but he can still play it as well as a normal person can. And, um, and I think he kind of inspired her to sort of go, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. And, she's, and I've listened to her, she's getting better. And uh, she's, like I said, she's quite artistic. So um, with a drawing and stuff like that as well. So yeah, it's, um, I, do, I do like it when she does stuff like that because it gets her off the computers and the phones and stuff like that. She's got this friend. She is called Kira, one of my friend's daughters, and they sit on this game called Roblox for hours. And I'm like, get off the phone, uh, get off the game. And sometimes I have to drag her off it. But she's at, the way I see it, she's just like any normal kid at the minute. 
So right, they're the they're all on the phone. That, they're <laughs> all, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are all, of them. and that's why I say to us sometimes when we go out walking, leave your phone at home. Leave yes. it, leave it there. We don't need it. If you want to take pictures, I'll tell you what, we'll take a camera. So, <laughs> right. <a> normal camera. <laughs> well, even when we go to a restaurant, and I have my son, who's he's now 18, mm. but they're on the phone playing games or they're, I don't know, talking to their friends. Yeah. And it's like, can you put it down while we eat <laughs> at least so we can have a normal conversation and have family time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, there's a restaurant. There's a restaurant over here. Um, before this lockdown happened, I can't. I've not been in it since. Um, since I, or have I've been in it a couple of times, I think. But um, since the lockdown happened, <clears throat> there's a restaurant called. I don't know if you've heard of Frankie and Benny's. Oh, and, no, I um, haven't. It's like a, it's like a north northeast American Italian theme to it. Hmm. And um, you've got yeah. If, if you look at the menus, it's got like maps of Pennsylvania, maps of New York and them sort of areas, and it, apparently it's, it's got spaghetti and pasta and meatballs and pizza and stuff like that. And it's an American Italian themed restaurant, and they—it's um, <coughs> a chain over here, and uh, they introduced at one point that if you come as a family, you you put your phones away, and um, you eat without the phone. So well, that's, that's good. A, yeah, that's a good idea. And because I remember when we went in, and my daughter brought straight away got a phone out. I was like, oh, you got to take the put it away. <laughs> But um, and, and we did. We spoke, me and my, see me and my daughter. We talk a lot. That's the one thing um, when my daughter talks about. Because I ask her sometimes, oh, does she does she speak to her mum a lot? And she goes, oh, my mum's got not got as much time as I have because I've only got one child and that's her. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas my mum's got two other children. She's got a five year old and she's got a three year old, I believe. <coughs> and um, she so she's not got as much time for my daughter as I have. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not going to use that as any kind of way to say I'm better in any way but that's that's probably why me and my daughter probably connect a bit more because when she's here she's got me to myself and she constantly speaks to me constantly and we have long conversations about what she wants to do when she's older things that she wants to do now things she wants to do as she like in there over the next few months and what she wants to get out of school so I believe as a parent, I connect to her very well. And um, sometimes when I say to her, put the phone down, we'll talk, I think she finds it very strange, the fact that I want to do that because I don't think she's used to that at home. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but it's, um, but I had I had them come, sorry, I've, I've, I've got a little bit of a, a chest infection. I, when I'm at work, people are like, oh, it's not, it's not COVID, is it? Why do people keep on saying that? <laughs> No, it's not COVID. I've had a bit of a chest infection. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I have that sort of relationship with my mum. Even now at 39, my mum's 59. Even now, we still have that conversation, that relationship where she can, I can have a chat to her. <coughs> Sorry. And she doesn't judge me. She doesn't, she doesn't judge me at all. She doesn't. If I've made a mistake, she'll tell me she believes I've made a mistake, but she'll she'll sort of try to understand why I behave a certain way or why I've had issues and things like that. So, and that's the way I tried to be on my daughter. The one thing, my, one good thing my mum always did was, <coughs> sorry, 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 I'm really apologised. One thing me, my mum always did was, 
even if me and my brother acted out of turn or she didn't agree with our behavior, she tried to make us learn from it. She tried to sort of say, look, I'm not going to judge you, but this is how I feel about it. She would never lie to us. She would be straight up with us and she wouldn't sugarcoat it. But on the flip side, she hoped that it would learn. And that, that's one thing that me and my brother do. We could always go to and talk to her about things that we're going through and stuff like that. I, um, a few months ago, I was going through a bit of a tough time with this lockdown thing because I was going for, the lockdown really hit me hard. I didn't really talk to a lot of people about it. And that kind of, that kind of isn't me because I'm normally quite vocal. But around sort of late June, my headspace was awful and I wasn't dealing with it very well. And um, and I was really suffering. I went, I was getting, I was having severe anxiety and my mom was brilliant. And I think because my mum didn't really understand mental health very well. And then until obviously experienced, she experienced it. And then she sort of, she knew what I was going through. And so she, she didn't, so when I was having sort of anxiety and stuff like that, she, she didn't drop it. And I think she was, and she, she helped me a little bit, my daughter as well, because she knew that I was, I was struggling to deal with my job and other things as well. So yeah. Mm. And that happened earlier this year. And I, and I felt a little bit, I wasn't, embarrassed but i felt a little bit vulnerable do you understand so right. and it and it and and he and and i'm trying to and I, and I think my daughter has mental health issues sometimes because you can tell that she gets really upset she gets really emotional and i sit there and try to explain to her that it's okay to be upset it's okay to feel the way you do but don't talk to me about it talk to your mom about it talk to your grandma about it talk to someone about it don't just get angry and let it build up because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do make that mistakes. So, and, and I think there's a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a bit of a stigma attached to mental health, isn't there? Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think if you don't understand it, you don't really accept it. So, and I, I, I was probably one of those people years ago. And, but over the, the last few years I did, I did experience it. And luckily for me, I had people around me that, would message me and ask me if I was okay and off to meet up and you'd be surprised at how much just someone agreeing to go to have a drink with you or cost a coffee with you or just doing something with you helps so much because I find that more more helpful than going to I don't know a therapist or something like that I find that a lot more helpful oh so, definitely yeah, yeah it's and and I think with I think one of the main things that brought it up for me, see, I've always tried to perceive myself I, <clears throat> when I'm on Twitter that I've never tried to perceive myself as someone who's got it completely together because that I don't want to give out a false impression when people say, oh, you've done really well with your daughter and getting your daughter back and this, that, and the other. I'm like, that, that took its toll on me religiously, mm-hmm. relentlessly. It was, it was tough. And I'm never going to proclaim that I flew through it because I didn't. It was hard. I just, I just didn't give up, but it, it, it took its piece out of me. I tell you, it was, um, and I think it still affects me to this day. And during the lockdown, when I didn't see my daughter for three months or two and a half months because she was on shield. I don't know if you know about the shield. And um, no. we over here, there was a situation where if you had an underlying health condition or you had something that could, that the COVID actually affected specifically bad you had to shield in your home for 12 weeks and unfortunately my daughter's got asthma 
which COVID mm-hmm. affects your lungs, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. she was put on shield for 12 weeks and it kind of ripped that really, even though I was getting that FaceTime with her and stuff like that, it was still hard not seeing her. It was still very hard. And I think it brought back all the old memories of me not seeing her during the experiences with Courtman, all the parental alienation experiences that I was getting from my mom and things like that. And, and I think it just brought it all back, back and hence probably why my mental health took a dip during the summer. And a lot of people will think, well, you were still speaking to her on, on, on FaceTime stuff. Ah, it's not the same. It didn't feel the same. It felt like she was still at distance from me. So I think it just triggered a few things that made me struggle with aspects of my life that normally I wouldn't really struggle with, but it did. So, Well, that's understandable because when you walk out of family court, you also walk out with anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And a lot of people don't realize that the family court system causes that type of thing to happen to people. Yes, it does. Mm, Horrendously. Yes, it does. Do you think you have some post-traumatic stress disorder from the court system too? Possibly, because it, it, whatever happened, it took a piece of me. It made me, there was times when, <coughs> excuse me, there was times when I wasn't like, for example, I remember one year, in, what was it, 2050, because my court kept getting adjourned after adjourned after adjourned. It was horrendous. It, I just felt like there was, they didn't care. I just felt like they just thought, it, I, I, I just felt like I was just a number that was just chucking aside and they were just allowing the situation to unravel more. And what they didn't realise is more, that you, you hear of parents committing suicide because the situation just isn't helping them. And the court isn't helping them. It's not, you're supposed to help the child. Yes, the, the child is the first first and foremost, but the child needs both parents. So help the parents be there for the children, not just mm-hmm. chuck one aside. And that that did. I remember once I thought I was it. It was kind of a blessing in disguise because it may have gone wrong for me, but at the time it felt horrible. I thought I was having my final hearing. This is like, what was it? 2000, this is 2015. Uh, 2015. And I went into court and I thought it was my final here. And it, to be honest, it hadn't gone really well leading up to it. But I just wanted, you know, mentally, sometimes you just want to see the finish line and find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then um, after, at that point, I thought I get to, we get to the court and then we, we don't even get told this, that, I, that the judge had retired and the new judge had wanted to redo all the thing again. Bearing in mind, I hadn't seen my daughter I'd been seeing my daughter like it's a contact center, like one, two hours every couple of weeks. Um, I remember 2014, I went nearly a year without seeing her again. I was going eight months at a time, nine months at a time, 12 months. It was horrible. And um, at this point, I just wanted an outcome. But then I felt like I had to stop the whole situation again. And the new judge and new court days. And it, it, it just, the, the way the court system just drags it on just takes a piece of you mentally, it just does. Um, and I don't think they realise this. It, 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 it's not just the situation you kids. You realise you've got to balance, you, you still got to balance the job amongst that to pay for it. You've got to try and have a life yourself. 
because as the, a happy parent can also be a good parent. And if the parent isn't happy with themselves, how do they ever expect to fulfill the task of being a parent if the court system is just literally nailing them with everything and just not allowing them to be that parent for them? So, no, I, 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 it does. The court systems really affect you mentally. And I, and I think I don't think it's something that maybe I can get past it, but it was something I'm never going to forget, if I'm honest with you. So. Same here. Same here. I totally understand that. Um, some of our attorneys offer counseling services within their law firms. Does that happen over there at all with your barristers? No, not at all. No, I, well, it may do, but I wasn't offered it. Um, I wasn't offered it at all. I had to seek help myself. Um, I was, it, it, my partner at the time, who I must stress was absolutely brilliant during the time. Uh, I'm not with her anymore, but at the time she was, she helped me loads and it was her that got me into therapy and things like that because I was really struggling. Um, but it's almost like you're left on your own. And once you've gone through it and you're at the end of the court, if anything, my solicitor, <laughs> My solicitor was more of a therapist because she actually was occasionally emailing me, checking if I'm, I was okay. She didn't wow. need to do that. That was just her as a human being. And she wasn't charging me. She already gave me my, gave me my final bill. And she even, she even applied. Sometimes, sometimes you get solicitors who are just after money. Sometimes you get ones who will treat you like a human being. And luckily for me, mine treated me like a human being. Um, so I had a very good one. I would never, um, I would never, I, I can thank that woman forever. She was absolutely amazing. My sister, when I was in court and the amount of stops that she pulled out to help me was immense. And sometimes you get solicitors, you just don't put that emotional effort in. And my sister did. She put in the absolute emotional effort to get me through what she believed. And she, she, was excellent I would, ne I would never forget that so well that is to be commended uh, you yeah. don't hear that every day at all <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah without yeah she, she was a, she's a solicitor in derby and um she like i say I, I can't commend her enough i whenever if i hear of anyone going through anything through my situation and they want to reach out to a solicitor she is the first name that i give mm -hmm. and i'm like ask speak to this woman she'll get you through she'll help you with this because she she treats you like a person she doesn't treat you like she doesn't treat you like a pound sign or a dollar sign as you guys have she right. doesn't treat you like that um she treats you like someone she wants to help and um i saw her i bumped into her about six months after the court had finished and um she gave in this market in derby and um she saw me and like gave me a hug and was like i'm so glad it's working out for you she goes you were the one i wanted to help because you would she get and she she was quite she goes sometimes you get clients who just don't want to make the effort and they were just she goes but you were you were there you made the effort you you were doing things on your own because i did when i at first i didn't want i tried to represent myself Hmm. Oh, are you there? 
I think you paused. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I think we're having some Zoom issues. Yes, um, I'm. Um, Can you hear me? I'm. I wouldn't. In regards to, like the family courts over here. Like Zoom issues. I think to hit and miss. Oh no, I lost get, him. What firm I lost get. him. But I don't know what it's like in the in the states. I don't know if the, how the legal system is over there. Is it different? Is it? I'm not entirely sure. It's well, we have attorneys. We don't have like um, solicitors and then a barrister, because yeah. the barrister is the one that goes into the courtroom, right? Yeah. This well, my solicitor went in the courtroom. My sister went in the courtroom. Okay. It, was a, it was a small court. My sister went in the courtroom, and uh, we didn't have. I think if it if I think we only have barristers if it's a criminal court. I think we okay. only have barristers if it's a criminal court. I don't think we have anything else. Um, I don't know what the situation. I've never been in a criminal court, thankfully. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> um, but I think in a family court, I think it's a bit more formal than it is for a anything else so yeah um that's yeah. Oh, go ahead go ahead i'm sorry i don't want to interrupt <laughs> no 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 it's okay and um, i'm I, I with ours it's almost it's almost like it has a very formal feel to it you know it's sorry informal sorry an informal feel to it it doesn't feel it, it almost feels like a just normal meeting in family courts over here it, it, it doesn't feel that even though you've got judges and stuff like that looking at you and you almost feel like you're under the under the watchful eye it sometimes it doesn't feel very it doesn't feel very professional but i don't know i might be wrong i might be wrong maybe it's a different maybe it's the experience i had well i don't know with my experience it was highly unprofessional <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like the judge was running a three-ring circus. One minute he's talking about child custody, then the next minute he's talking about a pension, then the next minute he's talking about child support, which is not was not in his realm. But I, it's like, could he keep it together? I don't know if you, your judge was like that. <laughs> oh well, I had th I think I had three. I think I had one that just. One that was pretty much treating me like I was the, the the devil, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute, I barely even spoke to you. And then I had another one who I, I don't, I, I, he kept forgetting facts of the case because I, I, I don't know, he, he kept on. You would speak to him, then he'd you'd forget, he'd forget what you said, which I found was a bit strange. I mean, he was an elderly fellow, so I don't know. Uh -huh. um, and then you had this woman who was a straight luckily i got a judge this woman judge who was a straight talking woman who didn't didn't sort of take any rubbish and she took it straight down the line and sorted it out so yeah she was she was very good absolutely very good and oh, um I was, yeah yeah it was i luckily i had a judge that allowed me to state my case without getting judged well pardon the pun without getting judged and yeah. um, and um she she listened to me she didn't talk over me she was quite understanding and then when my when my 
um, my daughter's mother spoke. She, she she tried to speak to the judge quite condescendingly, to be fair. And um, she, whenever she asked a question, she tried to be sarcastic with her. And I think that kind of put the nail in her, in her case's coffin, to be honest. Um, I don't think she liked my daughter's mum's attitude. And, um, and I think that um, really affected her. And uh, well, that and the fact that my solicitor was very good. Um, my solicitor was very good. She didn't listen to her rubbish. She didn't, so it was, it was excellent. Well, that's a positive story to hear. People need to hear something positive from family court. But it, even though yeah, it's, I think I think what it is, I think all the I think the biggest problem with a lot of these court the court system is all and people's perception of it is yes there is right there is there is some sort of there is bias there's a lot of bias and um, and uh, and I, I don't want to say I, I don't know. Uh, all I keep hearing is it's gender bias. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but it's not consistent. That's the word I would use. It's not consistent. Mm -hmm. It's not a consistent process within the court system. And um, because I think I said to you before that when I went to the contact centre, I was very surprised to see more mums there going to visit their their children than dads. So mm. I was very surprised to hear that or to see that. And when that happened, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And when I was on Twitter a lot more and I was listening to stories from all these mums, I was, it kind of made me, I was, what's the word? It, it kind of made me more open to a lot of the, a lot of things that are going on in family court. And whereas before my, my focus is, oh, it's very biased towards men and, I don't know. It's 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 a hard one to judge because you hear women going through it like and like I said, you, yourself, you've been through those things and it's it's there's still people out there who, who still think it's all one way and it's a it, it's just not a consistent court system, is it? So No. Mm -mm. Absolutely no, not. And, and like you said, you've got these older judges that can't remember things, which <laughs> is very concerning because yeah. mine was I don't know what to think of that. I think there should be age limits, term limits. Yeah. You I know. couldn't believe what, when it happened. I was like, uh, what? You don't remember that? Did you not write this down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was a bit bemused. And even my solicitor looked at me as like, uh, is this real? What's going on? <laughs> and um, Yeah. So luckily we had... Did, <laughs> It, my, I remember speaking to my solicitor and she was like, there's a lot of solicitors out there who don't believe parental alienation exists, but there's also mm -hmm. a lot of solicitors out there who do believe it exists. It's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's a subject that is, is, is split down the middle. It's very divided. It's, very, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a shame because to me, it does. You've only got to... You've only got to look at some of the things out there, look at some of the books out there that explain it and how it works and how it happens and how children are manipulated into manipulating to doing things and use as weapons. It's, 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 there should be a bigger penalty for that. Right. Absolutely bigger penalty for that. Has Great Britain come across the film Erasing Family? I have. I, 
watched a bit of it. Um, sorry, when I say watched a bit of it, I, I tried to watch it when my daughter was there and probably the worst thing I could have done. Because um, <laughs> she just like, because all I get is dad, 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 dad. <laughs> so Aww. I'm like, right, okay, I'll watch this another time. Um, I have been meaning to watch it, but I don't really watch a lot of TV, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I do, but I have been meaning to watch it. What, what format is it on? Because I think you have sent me the link, and I think I'm sure you sent me the link of it. I'm pretty sure you have. I know it's free on uh, Tubi, T-U-B-I. And oh, right, okay. I think maybe YouTube. I'm not sure. I did post it on my on one of my social medias. To to be honest, I posted it to remind myself to watch it as well as other people. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, and I have come across it, and it and it's very. From I've I've spoke to people who have watched it, and they said it's very it's very good. It opens people's eyes. Opens right. their eyes to it. They so, talk about the, the Sweden model of how when yes, you, you spoke to it, yeah, you have, yeah. Okay, like um, over in your country, is there a lot of practice of the Sweden model in Great Britain? I don't think so. No, hmm. I don't think so. Oh, I just wondered. No, it's um, again the family court over here. I, I, I don't think I don't think it's very. I don't think it's very together, to be honest. Mm-hmm. In my, it's it's it, it's got. You hear so many dividing stories about. You get some people say, "Oh, it's 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 very fair. It's very this. It's very that." But um, the fact that I had, I know one mom who, I know one mom who, to the open eye, looked like a brilliant mother, um, but she had. Well, I don't know of a. I read a. I read a news report over here that she was a serial drug user and this that and the other. And then when they found out, they gave her a slap on the wrist, and she still managed to keep her children. Mm-hmm. And then yet, the, yet the father, who who was a working father and this that and the other, missed one visit and got the book thrown at him. It's just crazy, absolutely crazy. It's the mum took it back to court because he missed a visit or he missed one child maintenance payment or child support payment over there and he had the book thrown at him. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, so, that, same here. We've got the same issues over here. This is a global problem. Yeah. Absolutely. And people don't realize this. And uh, I just wish people could just get along. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Why can't we just get along? Why can't we, why can't we just go? See, luckily for me, I'm in a position now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to. I don't want to wish my life away. But looking for me now, my daughter's getting older, where she can make them decisions and she can make them choices. And now I'm I'm confident in the fact now that if my my daughter's mom ever tried this again, she wouldn't really get anywhere with it purely because um, if she did, my daughter is very vocal now. She's. I think she's got that from me. <laughs> she's very vocal, and um, and she ain't afraid to tell people what she wants. And as much as she said she wanted to stay with her mom, which yes, it, for Christmas this year, which yeah, I was I was disappointed. I was a bit disappointed. I was a bit upset, but I I just allowed it to happen. 
And I said to my daughter, she was like, you're not upset with me, are you, Dad? Aww. I said, no. I said, no, no, I'm not upset. I goes, I'm disappointed. I says, uh, but that's what you want to do. And I get it because she's, she, she would have to travel. No, no one really wants to travel 50 miles on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Although over, over there, that'd be nothing. Uh, but over here, not people, people don't really like driving very far, especially mm-hmm. at Christmas. Um, so I don't, I don't think my, my, I don't think my daughter fancied the idea of travelling again on Christmas Day. And I suppose I'm going. Uh, it doesn't. It's it's normal to me now. I drive on Christmas Day every year now, so it's normal to me. Um, but I don't think she wanted to do that this year, and I think she wanted to stay at home. But um, I know the fact that if her mom tried to sort of say you're not going to see your dad then my daughter would scream hell <laughs> she would not get away with that now um she's it, um, look it, it's as they get older luckily for me i managed to get hold of my daughter before she was like properly brainwashed because i know that was happening i know she right. tried to do it i know the mother tried to do it luckily for me i broke that cycle and managed to get hold of my daughter and manage to sort of keep that bond there. And and now she's at an age where she knows I love her, she knows I care about her deeply, and she knows I'll do anything for her. And she knows mm-hmm. that she only needs to ring me or message me and and I'll be there. And she does it now. She just but she's she she, she drives me nuts with it sometimes because she's we've got this WhatsApp group between me, my friend, and her and her friend, and all of a sudden we'll get like I'll open my phone one day and I'll have about 100 messages on my phone where she just spam me all. So look at this, Dad. And I'll have about 50 pictures on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so it's great in that respect. So she's older and she's got, um, she can keep in touch with me. And it's, it's just like she'll be, she'll be in a bedroom or she'll be in a, in a front room and she'll just ring me. And it's great. It's great that she can do that now. Mm-hmm. Whereas when she was younger, she didn't really get that option. She didn't have a phone, obviously, when she was younger, when all this is first happening. She didn't really have that option. So it, it is positive. And I think the idea is, I think if you can get, if you can stop this happening in their younger years, as they grow up, they they aren't going to be, they ain't going to allow the other parents to sort of, sort of brainwash them against the other parent because they know who they love and they know who they want. So, mm-hmm. and... And I think that's what's happened. My daughter, luckily for me, my daughter's got a very, she's very strong-minded and uh, she knows what she wants and she knows how she wants it. And so, um, and she knows that she always wants to come here. She, she complains. She, one weekend, she wasn't able to come here because I had an issue on my car. And, um, and then she, she screamed, she screamed the house down and apparently it's a mom. <laughs> so that she wanted to come here. And I was like, well, Maybe when you're older, babe, you can jump on a train because it's only like 40 minutes away. So, yeah. So, um, but um, I allowed her to, I want, she's at an age where I wanted to do her own thing and wanted to do her own, have her own choices because I'd, I'd, I'd rather her make them decisions rather than have grow up thinking that one of her parents pushed her into something that she didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's the way I, that's the way I've allowed it to be, even if it means, me not getting what I want, I'd rather she be getting what she wants. Mm-hmm. So, and I, th- I wish, I wish, I wish more, more parents would do that. So, right. So well. I think I've spoke about my dad before. 
and like my mom always give my mom always give me and my brother the option to see him if we wanted to mm-hmm. and um, regardless of how he was because unfortunately for me my dad wasn't very my dad wasn't as um my dad would wasn't like but i'm not trying to pay, pay myself be some sort of hero or anything there's a lot of parents out there who push and push and push to their kids he wasn't i'm not like anything he was i i desperately tried to see my daughter and tried everything in my power to see her, whereas my dad didn't really put in that effort so um so i i that's i think that's what i wanted my daughter to see and as i grew up i saw that my daughter my dad didn't really make that effort with me and so it kind of made me less inclined to go to him as i grew up but Mm -hmm. unfortunately he died when i was about 19 years old so oh no i'm sorry I know it's okay. Um, he died in a car crash. In, oh, jeez. Twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. Huh. So um, I, was not, I was nineteen when it happened. It's oh. weird though, because I'm actually I'm actually older than him now. When it <laughs> so when he died. So, but um, it's it's just one of those things you live and learn, and you live go through life, and and with all the things that happens to me, it's made me push and want to be there more for my daughter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I wish the world would be more like that think of the children more rather than think of themselves right exactly and um I just did a podcast with attorney Ashish Joshi and he is a parental alienation attorney yes and he was interesting to hear um I think it was only like 45 minutes but um you know, do you have, you know, barristers that specify in parental alienation there? I think there is. I think there are, there are parental alienation. I, I don't think there's very many of them. Um, my solicitor was very much on board with the idea of parental alienation. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she turned around and again was quite open with me and said that there's some that do believe in some that don't she was very on board with it and said that it does happen believes it happened and i believe that she read a lot about it just to sort of equip ourselves more with it and um yeah she i think there are i think there are some out there i know mine was i don't i don't think she put herself down as a specialist in parental alienation but i think that she was very much on board with the idea that it existed and it was very much rife within the uh, legal system mm-hmm the family court system yeah what a shame it is a shame i think if more was specialized in it i think you'll have a lot better results Mm -hmm. definitely (laughs) and younger judges who've who possibly have been drug tested i think these judges need to be drug tested as well (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting you say that i was um what am i jobs a long time ago you 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 would have people who who would have random drugs tests and they'll be fired on the spot because it's just like well how can you think about coming to work functioning on substances absolutely crazy absolutely crazy it's it's because that's becoming more common now isn't it right and they're Um, playing with people's lives (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, it's so many so many professionals in the world taking some substances and you don't even realize that they're doing it so right. 
I mean, I was just grateful that um, my middle one and the youngest was older. Thank God they weren't three years old. Yeah. <laughs> they were like 14 and 15 when this started. Yeah. But still, the the one, the middle one, he still got brainwashed. Yeah. And um, and this was after the fact. <laughs> but there's more that's playing into that that I um, can't talk about just yet. But <laughs> it's amazing that a kid can get brainwashed at the age of 18, 19, and just immediately hate you the next day. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because I think I think it also depends on generation. Because when I was that age, I was very strong-minded, and no matter what anyone said to me, there's no one. If I had an opinion on something, um, I don't know if it's a generation today. I have no idea, um, but it's it's astounding that there's there's people out there at such a young age that's so easily manipulated, so easily brainwashed, so easily had the it, or it's almost like peer pressure, but it's not. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's like someone's sort of pressured you into believing something that's not there. And and I think the younger you are, the easier it is to sort of the easier it is for that to happen. And and obviously, as you get older, I'm I'm forty next year. I'm I'm a bit too long in the tooth to sort of have someone to do that to me now. But it it wouldn't. I'm not saying it, it wouldn't have happened to me, but. Amount of people it does when you're younger is so easily done, especially when you're so easily influenced at that age. So easily influenced, mm-hmm. and um, it's a shame. It's a shame, and it'll be it'll be interesting when you get new and new, more and more barristers as they come into the system, and more and more solicitors that come into the system as they get older, on their experiences and what they've seen growing up, and have they experienced it, and what their point of view is, because surely they're going to have one as they grow up, and Go into these professions. Um, I, I thought that the older ones will probably be more, what's the word? Probably more dismissive of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the younger ones will be more open to it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I hope. I hope they'll be more open to it and want to do something about it when they catch it. I know when I was going through this, my attorney said he wants you completely out of their lives completely. And I was like, you know, I was just flabbergasted. I didn't know what to think. No, not imagine. Well, at least your daughter can think for herself. I know like, um, my middle one, um, can't a lot of these kids that have been through this parental alienation and brainwashing they cannot think for themselves yeah yeah it's um what what is he like now is he is he still sort of is he still under that sort of control or is he sort of being a bit more independent now or is he well let's just say i think he's being financially controlled um he's oh, going to no. university you know what i mean and yeah. dependent on the father's income <clears throat> yeah and uh, yeah. I, yeah i guess i could say i still am in some litigation and that probably ticked him off but i think he has to realize that there are consequences when someone does something to you they you know 
cannot, how shall I say, just get away with it and go merrily along the their path. Money talks sometimes, doesn't it? As well, it does. Yes, it does. It's such <clears throat> a powerful tool. Such well, a powerful tool. Well, that's what happened with my oldest because. I know my boys said, well, they buy her everything and we have to work for everything. And I thought, well, that's what did it. He bought her everything she saw. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I really have had no contact with her since 2014. Oh, man. So. Money's such a powerful tool. Yes. And, and with these teenagers... It's just, it's, it's uh, really powerful and it's a shame, but um, I don't know if she would ever come back to me. You know, the door is always open, but I really doubt that will ever happen. It's, I hope that it happens. I hope she grows up and understands that money isn't everything. Money, money is important. Yes, money is important to to sustain a family life, a home, having an income to be comfortable in life. But but money isn't everything when it comes to leaving your family. Your family should always come first. Your mm -hmm. mom, well, necessarily, the people who are trying to be there for you should come first. Mm -hmm. And and in in regards to it, it, it's a shame. It's a shame that that happens. That still happens. The thing is, money is such an important. It's such, such a powerful tool. That it happens in all walks of life. Um, my previous partner, she had a child. His, her child, um, wasn't. Her, his dad, paid child support. Didn't pay child support for 10 13 14 years just didn't pay it and yet she still allowed it. this is that's the thing she despite her being in that respect brilliant in terms of thinking of him thinking of her son and still allowing him to see her child still see how to see his child despite getting no financial support off him at all she still did that however when he finally got a job because he was unemployed for about 10 years when he finally got a job he was giving, despite giving no child support money to his mum, he was giving his son like nearly like a lot of money every weekend he went there. And you just saw his attitude, their son's attitude towards the mother change. It's almost like he felt that he saw the dad as some sort of, hero because he was giving him all this money and he was giving him all this time and 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 when he asked his mum for money she was like, I don't really have the money all he got was well my dad gives me money and he says well, and and I think she got angry once and turned around and said oh but he doesn't give me any money to feed you every day and stuff like that and she felt bad for saying that but you know when someone's constantly throwing that in your face mm -hmm. and I think she got a bit annoyed one day and just turned around and says but he doesn't give me any money to look after you. She, and the son said something to me, which made me go, oh, no. He turned around and said, well, he's giving me money. Why does that matter? And I was like, oh, no. So that's an example where money, you're right, money can really sway a child's head so easily.
Um, but it can happen to adults as well. You think of you think of people who are in relationships who buy people and it's a shame. I know people who are in relationships who are just buying someone's love and it's just making it harder and harder for themselves. And eventually one day that money may run out and what's going to happen to that relationship then? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, they have a lot to learn when they grow up and get out of uh, the college, university and get into real life and see how exactly what that's like. Real life is hard. Right. That might snap them back into reality and hopefully have them remember things. Um, I don't know, but we'll just wait and see. I still, yeah, you, you, I think it depends on the person. I, for your sake, I hope that happens. Um, mm -hmm. So you can see your, so you can see her again. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but I, I still, yeah, I hope that happens. I think it depends on the person. I think there's people out there who do, who are really spoiled as children, act spoiled as younger people, but then grow up to see the big wild world and go, ah, now I know what my parents were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but then there are people out there where money changes them and they just become even more obnoxious and unfortunately even more arrogant than what they were before but I'm hoping that doesn't happen I hope that doesn't continue to happen mm -hmm. um, I'm not I'm not trying to be cynical or anything like that it's just um, it's a shame that um, I think it really does depend on the person um, but I think in this case with yourselves I think you're unfortunately they were brainwashed weren't they so yes completely and entirely yeah and it's, it all um, happened when the third party entered the picture. And it was kind of um, ironic when attorney Ashish Joshi mentioned the third party entering the picture. And yeah. it, it just reaffirmed what I've been always thinking and uh, saying all along. You know, we would have been just fine if the third party never entered the picture. Yes, 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 sometimes. I think if you if you've got if you've got like some kind of mediation process going on, the last thing you need is a third party getting involved mm -hmm. because that third party will think of their own agenda only. Oh yes, yeah, and they do have their own agenda. <laughs> exactly, they want you out the picture. So if if any 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 agreement that involves us you being in the picture more so than often not they will they will push against that and mm -hmm. um, they will push against that and that was the situation with my daughter's mum she just mm -hmm. didn't want me around although it's different now <laughs> which is really strange yeah, she's yeah. literally chucking her at me now um she's literally it's it's such a situation but it, the, the annoying thing is for me is she referred to my weekend her her attitude towards me hasn't changed i know it hasn't because she referred to my weekend visits with my my visits with my daughter as her respite her break oh my gosh yeah she doesn't refer to it as my daughter's visit with her dad she goes i get a break wow that speaks yeah. volumes 
I would, you know, I remember when I, well, I was still married to him, but I had little toddlers running around and the grandmother would come over, which was his mother. And she says, well, some, sometimes moms need a break. It's like, I don't need a break from my kids. These are my kids. You know, you can take them to the zoo or whatever you want to do, but I don't need a break. Exactly. Yep, that's yeah. my kid. I don't look at them as a burden. <laughs> that's, that, that's, 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 I think what it is, she, she now wants more, she, she just wanted more time. So because she's got other children and she just thought to herself, right, I haven't got the time to myself anymore. And I remember seeing a video because my daughter, for some reason, she's always on a phone, <laughs> as we know, she's always on a phone, and then <laughs> she records a lot. She takes a lot of photos, a hell of a lot of photos, and, um, and records a lot of videos. And um, the one thing, my daughter just said, oh, look at this video of me, my brother, and my sister in the front room. And I noticed something that there was absolutely no interaction from my mother at all. And um, my mom was just lying on the sofa, on her phone, ignoring all the children around her. And I thought to myself, That's, that speaks volumes to me. Mm -hmm. That speaks absolutely volumes. Um, I think sometimes these people put these, go through court and attempt parental alienation as a means of control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's all about control, unfortunately. And they just do it purely out of control. And yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of towards to break that control. And once you break that control and take that control, well, not can take the control, but take away their power, their so-called power, <coughs> that's, when they, that's when they start, you can start to sort of see, see the light at the end of the tunnel because... I remember my getting her sort of control getting broken um, when the judge realized how manipulative she was and the stories I think one she she without going too much into it, she was trying to explain she, uh, my daughter said something to me at her contact center. I was very alarmed about what she told me, so I went straight to the social service and told them what well, because i I was can't try also try this is going to sound a little bit. I was also trying to protect myself because I didn't want anyone making up stories about me. And I went straight to her and said what I said. But weirdly enough, they admitted what they'd said. And, uh, and the judge was pretty much disgusted in what she heard and pretty much gave them a telling off in court. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point, you could see the trust from the legal system drain from her, uh, drain it. it, it it's almost like she she had the, she had the upper hand for so much, and it's almost like she was so smug about it. And at that point, you could set, you could see the confidence just drip, drain out of her. At that point, and then and then once that happened, she was offering all kinds of stuff. And at that point, I was like, no, I want to I want to continue with the trial. I want to continue with everything hmm. because I want I want a result here. I want some sort of line drawn under this now because. If we continue to drag, if I, if I, if at that point, if I had to talk her offers and I felt I took her suggestions, I'm still giving in. Mm -hmm. And um, I wasn't going to give in to that so called power, so called control. And at that point, I was making sure that when I got a result in that court, I was taking that back. 
and I was drawing a line under it because there was no way. When you take deals in family court and things like that, and you're waving the white flag, and right. um, I, I wasn't prepared to wave the white flag because if you're going to do that there, you're going to do it for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and the rest of your and rest of your contact with that other part, other parent. So at that point, because my solicitor said, do you want to take the suggestion? I was like, absolutely not. She, my solicitor was like, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. if I'd have taken that, I was still doing it on her terms and I wasn't prepared to do that. Right. Well, you have so, to stand up for yourself. You, you know, do. You've, you've got someone walking all over you with your kid dangling yeah. your kid in front of you like like exactly. you know the carrot before the horse yeah. and uh, you know this is not it just needs to stop it exactly. really does yes that's one thing my <laughs> i joke about my parents like my mom and my stepdad and the one thing that they taught me as i was growing up was i'll, I'll use the clean version <laughs> take <laughs> do not take rubbish from anybody um he said stand up for yourself do not take rubbish from anybody that's the clean version mm-hmm. <laughs> and um it says and and i've taken that advice ever since growing up all throughout my life i do not take that from absolutely anybody and um that's why i but then there's people out there i'm not saying that they're cowards but some people just don't have the strength to to go through court, they just don't have mm-hmm. the strength, they don't have the support. I was lucky to have that support and I was lucky to have that backup. I was lucky in that respect. Some people don't have that. Right. Well, that's true. Some people mm-hmm. don't have that, unfortunately. Again, like when I when I talk to people on Twitter and people ask me, because occasionally I get messages from people asking me how I went through it and this, that, and the other. And I do I have more than I get more than I expected, to be honest. Um, I get quite a few messages that I, that I get them privately. Um, I, I rarely get sort of on my wall. And I think people are just wanting some private advice or information. I don't know, or almost like a pick me up. <laughs> and um, and I, I just and I say almost say the same thing. Say so the same thing every single time. Never get up. Never give up. It does matter. Never back down. Say so the same mm-hmm. thing every time. And stick up for yourself. And um, Saying that though, it's easier said than done, especially right. if you don't have the support, especially if you don't have support and have people backing you up. Yeah, so, this is true. This is true. I was lucky to have that. I was lucky to have people around me sort of keeping my chin up, keeping me going. Uh, you've got well, to want it as well. You've got to want that as well. You've mm-hmm. got to expect to go through some tough times and go through dark times and manage to balance your life and juggle your life with that going on because it's very hard to do that it's very hard to juggle your life knowing that's going on because there was times when i my work suffered my job suffered my relationship suffered mm-hmm. um if i'm mm. honest my previous my previous relationship did eventually suffer as a result of it so um, well sure because family court is so stressful yeah <laughs> it's it a nightmare through. yeah it it, it yeah um so many things happened and um, it caused and it caused a lot of damage like i said to me i'm I'm not gonna lie it caused a lot of mental damage to me it made me very it gave me a lot of anxiety it gave me a lot of stress it made me panic about things i shouldn't be panicking about exactly whenever i get same here whenever, yeah exactly it's true isn't it and um i bet there's times when you you'll hear something and normally it wouldn't worry you but you'd be like oh my god and um and that's what it does to me 
And then, mm-hmm. or if your daughter wasn't, doesn't want to come to you one weekend, you, you get paranoid thinking, why don't you want to come? Why don't you want to do this? Why don't you do that? I mean, I'm, I'm at ease about it now because I talk to her on the phone almost daily. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she tells me now, um, she, why? Oh, I think I'm, did I lose you again? She doesn't want to come. Whereas before, oh. I'll be Oh, you're breaking up. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. Hello, I've gone quiet again. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. One minute. One minute. I can't you're... hear you. One minute. Okay. I can there hear you go. really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, sometimes I think to myself, what's she planning now and stuff like that. But right. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think that anymore. I don't think that anymore. So. I just like, because I think that the stress is gone now as a result of my daughter getting older and being able to make decisions for herself and things like that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, thank good. God for that. Yeah, it is. It's great. So um, it's a good thing. And so, that'll get better as she gets older too. It will, yes. So, so I think the reason why my phone went like that is because I think someone tried to call me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I won't keep you up, you know, all... Um, evening here but over there at your place but i'd like to have you back on again for another update yeah this was a great conversation it was um, for people to learn from uh is there anything else i do talk way too much (laughs) no you're excellent oh this was excellent though i mean is there anything else you'd like to add um yeah like i like i keep on saying it's um it's it gets better and it's as much as I do keep on saying just reach out, absolutely reach out. If you're more than welcome to sort of post my my Twitter my Twitter feed on this, I'm, people want to message me or whatever because I'm someone who gets quite a few messages at anyway. Um, okay. How so, can we reach you on Twitter? Um, it's D underscore uh, Walker underscore S. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's mine. So you're very welcome to sort of um, message me anytime because I do I, I do respond as much as I can. Um, and is, I had a gentleman about a week ago message me saying he was struggling. Actually, it was from over there. Weirdly enough, I think it was um, is it uh, what what's that place? Um, Ontario is it Ontario? Ontario. Oh, Ontario. Yeah, Canada. Ontario. Yeah, he was going through it. Yeah, a gentleman there from Ontario messaged me, um, and um, he was saying that he was struggling, sort of almost. And he pretty much said he had this message and asking you how you felt and how you got through it. And or I think he was almost asking for a pit up. Sometimes it's it's nice to listen to positive stories from other people and make you feel good about it and sort of to get you through it. Yeah. So it's it's nice to hear these positive stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, um, it's not all it. easy. I, I would never, I'll never ever say it's easy. Never ever say it's easy because it's not. It's very hard, um, but it's it's not. It's not impossible. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your evening. Yes. <laughs> but I will have you back on in a couple months here. Okay. Yes. Not a problem yes. at all. Not a problem at all. <laughs> Good. Okay. Slam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in the family courtrooms and in turn perpetuate parental alienation. I am your host, Marian Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption and the new book, Cry Out for Justice, 
Poems of Truth. Please join us again in the future for another great episode. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much.